Welcome to Seemingly Ordinary. I'm here today with Andre Parody, who is a relationship coach and ordained minister, uh, has lots of knowledge on the topic of gender intelligence, and he helps alleviate the misunderstanding and pain between men and women. So I'm just super excited for this episode, and I honestly don't know exactly where it's going to go. I think that it's really cool that he's a coach, and uh, he's done this a lot before, so maybe we'll have a friendly conversation. Maybe we'll have a contentious conversation. I guess we're going to find out. So, Andre, what would you like to say by means of introduction for yourself? Uh, you know, people often uh, don't, because <laughs> the way I look, people don't, sometimes they think I'm a musician, they think I'm a guy who just likes to party. I'm none of that stuff. I'm a, I'm a geek and a researcher all the way through. I just, I just am. So... Um, everything I teach, everything we'll talk about is not my opinion. I'm not a guy who has opinions to tell people how to live. This is all the research. I've been researching this. I've been working on you. I've been fascinated, fascinated with the human conditions since I was five years old for my circumstances in my life. So I've been watching people, studying people, being intrigued with human beings. Why do you do the things you do? And why this person this way and that person this way turn out this way? How do you make a millionaire as opposed to a guy on the street? You know, how do women have five babies and think life is fantastic? And the strong, independent, and powerful ones have a whole different experience of life for their beliefs to today. To me, that's all fascinating, right? So I've constantly been, this is the work I've done my whole life, just observing, observing and asking questions. And in 2006, I've, I've been taking personal development workshops since I was 23 years old. So 25, almost 30 years now of taking workshops, business workshops, personal development workshops, money workshops, get your shit together workshop. How, what the hell is wrong with your workshop? <laughs> How do you get your life together? Like you name it, right? Like constantly, constantly. My friends used to say, dude, like, you know, what's wrong with you? What do you know all these help for? I do because I want a full life, which means I have to learn the things that I don't know and it's the things that you don't know that you don't know that are dangerous. So for me, knowledge is power. So that's always been my go-to. Curious about everything. And again, the more you know, the more you know, the more you know, the more you, you know, you can get yourself where you want. Anyway, so that's my brain. Um, all, all my stuff is driven by data and research and interviews and talking to men, talking to women, interviewing men, interviewing my own, my own data, and then everybody, I worked with some five masters in the industry. Dr. John Gray, study under him. You know, Shanti Felhan in the South. Um, Dr. Pat Allen in Los Angeles for three and a half years privately. So I'm trained by a therapist, but I'm not. I don't want to be a therapist because it's too limiting for the things. I'm an NLP coach, neuro linguistic programming stuff. That's how you get people's nervous system cleaned up, like get the baggage off their lives, their nervous system, so they can actually be conscious and, and able to build healthy relationship by cleaning the, you have to clean the baggage first. So I do, I do this with NLP. Um, Alison Armstrong here is all about anthropology and our default system, our instincts that we think we overgrew. It's <laughs> 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 yeah. hysterical. And then um, Esther Perel, who's all about, she's a French therapist, New York City, traveled the world. She was unknown back then, kind of famous now, but all about Love and intimacy, and how do you build that? How does it fall apart? Why does it fall apart? So I have this cocktail of data, information, and and work along with their research, my research. You know, I always think God, God helps 
person sitting next to me on the plane. God help them. Because I'm digging, you know, in the name of conversation. They don't know that I'm researching, but I'm always trying to disprove everything that I teach constantly. I want somebody to call bullshit on me. Okay. And, and they don't, they never do. They always confirm, they confirm, they confirm that all ages, men, women, you know, of all ages and orientations, right? Because the stuff that I teach is not only for straight couples, for all, you know, gay, lesbian couple, it all, it's all the same, which is people find that, find that fascinating. So I'm not <laughs> conservative, square, trying to make people squeeze in a box. And, you know, I teach what works per nature. So that's, that was the long answer. Yeah. Okay. Right. Now, when you say per nature, the immediate thing I think of is evolutionary psychology. So is that kind of a fundamental premise that you're going off of? Uh, part of it. You know, if you if you look at nature with human beings, but I'm talking all nature, like you know, all nature works a certain way. Nature has a polarized everything, right? Well, everything in nature is polarized. Okay. Male, female, yin, yang, right? Like light, dark. One cannot exist without the other, and it's the mixture, this the polarity. Everything that grows, flourishes, expands in nature is polarized. It just is, right? This, Every aspect of nature and everything you look at nature is polarized. It's the only thing the system works. That's the energy between the poles. In our culture, we go, well, that's crap. There were types of bullshit, right? So we have to equalize everything. Man is, just, you know, man and woman are equal. Well, equal rights, equal pay, of course. Uh -huh. But the idea of equal beings, that's what it's transgressed into. So now a man is supposed to be like a girl to be a good man. Sweet, sensitive, talkative, vulnerable, talk about his pain. That's your girlfriend, ladies. That's your girlfriend. That's not a man. But you can want that all you want. There's a certain level. Men have to access some of that, of course. Otherwise, we're pigs. But it's not going to be his default. It's not going to be how he's never going to operate like you, ladies. Never going to operate like a girl. That's unrealistic. And you can force it all you want. You're fighting nature. It ain't going to work. Right? And the idea that women have to be strong, independent, powerful, masculine, tough, take no shit, right? Like, you go, girl, to be valuable in our culture. That's the price to pay for that, too, because nature goes, <clears throat> it won't work past 45, 50. Okay, so work. so this, uh, it brings up like 3,000 questions. But I, I but know, I, welcome I, to my life. I, I, I imagine we could probably start in a really good place with just one of your key questions, which is, well, then how does one go about building a healthy, fulfilling, long-term love relationship? I think we should start with that. And then after that, I can start raising objections. Please. So, again, if we go back to nature, right? We fight nature. We like to fight nature. We think we can fight nature. You can't. We can. We actually totally can, except eventually it bites you in the ass. Nature will win, you know. So, back to nature. Stereotypes are real. Masculine, feminine are real. Males, and nowhere in nature do the male operate like the female. Nowhere. Right? And there's a really good reason for this because we're complementary, right? What the, what the feminine does, typically nurture, right? N nurture the kid, nurture the man who protects her, the male that protects her, right? The whole gatherer paradigm. You know what I mean? There's a system for the, the, the female takes it naturally accountability, accountability for, and same with the male. The male provides, protects, you know, gives, cherishes, you know, his woman. In all, in all pieces of nature, right, and his, and his uh, offsprings, in order for the species to continue. 
Okay. So nature so- is all of, nature is all about survival. So let's just start there. So if you keep women, if you put women in the masculine mode in our culture, that's what we do thinking is better. Well, then very soon most you become my client because <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't, I'm not trying to be crass. I'm like, women call me between the age of 35 to 40 to 45 to 50 and up, right? After 35 years old, realize that they're working like dogs. They have apartment, houses, cars, job, career. They like to call it career. Most of them, 97% have job, not career, careers. And they pride themselves in what they're producing. But by the, at the age of 35 plus, they're lonely. They're tired. They're burning out. Right? They want companionship. They don't have any kids, mostly. Right? The, big, the professional right. ones, especially. They don't have relationships. They come home to empty house. They don't have the energy to date because they work 40, 50 hour a week. So on the weekend, they do their errands, you know, and try to recover. And next thing you know, it's Monday morning and they go all over again, right? So they, they everything, the connections that they need to be healthier, whatever. My point is like living like a man as a woman at 35 plus gets really old. But then that's when they call me. Like, okay, so I want companionship. And, like, I want romance. I want a man to step up and help me with in life and, you know, make me feel safe, make me feel like a woman. But by then, the men who want to do this already moved on. The ones that are leftovers are either weird or twisted or sick or whatever, right? I'm not saying everybody, but it's a big... My point is the pool is drained of possibility. Mm. You know what I mean? And the guys who want to be married either are married or are divorced and they don't want to do that again, you know what I mean? So now the ladies are like going after like this little puddle. When when you're 27 years old, you have the whole ocean to fish out. Right? So yeah. You, in my world, you can have it all, but not the way the culture is teaching. Okay. So then if people are reaching out to you when they are 35 years old, yeah. um, to what degree is it too late? Not too late. It depends what you want. So everything is, um, we now know this. We used to think up to like, like I think it's 15 or 20 years ago, maximum, I think even maybe less than that, we used to think that our brains were solid. We used to think our brains were so like who you were born to be, you were stuck in that. Okay, yeah. And whatever we used to, you know, whatever life kicked you in the head when you were a kid and you're twisted this way, then this is who you are and you're stuck. Right. But we now know that's not true at all. There's because no of, don't they call that no neuroplasticity? Plasticity of the brain. You could rewire your brain. You could change your habits. You could take what you thought was normal and make it completely abnormal and create a whole new life for yourself by moving, by a big amount of an awareness and, and practicing, but just destroy the habits that don't serve what you want to live as and put in practices and habits that put you towards your goal. So if you want to be a badass and all you want is money as a woman, go, go girl, go just go to work, right? But if you want a relationship, if you want companionship, that won't work. There's a sweet spot. There's an adjustment. You can't be tilted all the way here. And one way where it's not working, you have to get somewhere in the middle where you could be very strong, independent, and powerful. That's fine. But if you want companionship, you have to bring the feminine back in the equation because that's the part that attracts men. That's the part that attracts good men. Providers, protectors, givers, lovers of women are only attracted to femininity, not masculinity. The crass way that I say this is like, ladies, you know, 
Don't throw your balls in his face, right? Hunters don't want hunters. Hunters don't date hunters. Keep your balls in the desk drawer. And when you step in the world, you have to be a woman because that's the only thing men are looking for. Not your balls, not your power, not your money. Honestly, like men say this all the time. I don't give a shit about money in her career. It's part of who she is, but I don't give it. It's not why I'm there. Right. I'm looking for the woman who gets me. The woman who supports, you know, my passion in life and then vice versa. But there's a, there's a formula of togetherness, of, of partnership, not my way and not my <laughs> So those, those, at 35 years old, women, very, very quickly, I do it in four months with most of my clients, okay. shift from not knowing to knowing. Masculine to knowing to be feminine. And I was knowing, actually, at some level, seeing man, seeing real man for the first time in their lives. Because when you're masculine, you don't encounter masculine men because you irritate them and they walk away from you without saying hello. They just won't have anything to do with you energetically. Back to nature, polarity. If you're masculine woman, feminine, feminine men are attracted to you. You think that's men? No, those are mm. boys. In my world, there's three types of men. So that's a whole different story, part of the program. But if you're a masculine woman and want a masculine man, you got to get down here. Okay. Uh, Polarize. I, I want to interrupt, and here's the question yes, I want sir. to ask. Uh, I was kind of hoping you could elaborate just a little bit on the concept of the evolutionary psychology, because I think if people understand just a little bit of where you're coming from, you know, here's kind of where I'm coming from on that. You know, yes, for please. two million years, men were basically hunters. And so if guys are hunters, then what winds up happening is they do behave in all these ways that you're kind of outlining. They tend to be, you know, super masculine, et cetera. Mm -hmm. they, they understand they're in this role of protector and provider. And if there's a threat, then they have to take care of it. Well, yeah. also according to the whole evolutionary psychology idea, women are maybe more in the role of, well, for 2 million years, women were back in the village with 100 other women and children gathering yeah and they're, they're gathering and they're in this yep. big community and they're talking all day and so therefore they're very very relational they have superior language skills just all these type of things and i, yep. I think if people were maybe just a little bit more aware that this is an actual psychology then they wouldn't just think oh these are just stereotypes that andre's just saying right. hey man right. Just be right. like a caveman and, and woman. Let's just go back to the 1950s and everything will be cool. And it's not what I'm saying one bit, right? I get accused of that all the time. Oh, so you, you want us to like wiggle, you know, like wiggle our asses at Axel Monroe and dumb it down for the man because they're little egos? Like, that's not what I said. And that's rude, by the way. Thank you for being such an ass. Mm. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if there's a modern way to do relationships, that's right. That's most based more in what nature calls for what works. Because it's not my opinion, it's just mostly how it works. Now, you don't have to do anything I'm saying, right? The women who come at me aren't trying to just have fun and make some money, right? They're, they don't know how to build a healthy, loving, long-term, healthy relationship with a man. They can't even get a man past the first date. Even some of them are beautiful women, by the way, right? Nothing wrong with beautiful women, right? If there's something wrong with me, I can't even get a date. If I get a date, I get, you know, get ghosted. I'm like, well, yeah, you're, a, you're like a dude in a skirt. Okay. Right? A masculine man doesn't want any of that. So, so yeah. That's, so how? That's a problem. Okay. So I guess, yeah, let's, let's do this. Uh, a woman comes to you. She wants yep. to get trained. 
you know, yep. how, how do you do that? What constitutes your program? But then you also have a program for guys. Yes. So yes and yes. Okay. So because same thing, like my women, God, ladies, oh my God, right? Because when, when they understand wherever way they found me or, you know, their girlfriends went to the program and they go, what has happened to you? Oh my God, how come every, every guy in here is paying attention to you, right? Like, how come you get all the goodies? How come you get all the attention? Like, well, you learn to be feminine, understand exactly how to do it, when to do it, how to do it, when, right? You don't flirt at work, not the place. So again, when you get off of work, there's got to be a woman in the world, you know, get out of the car, the grocery store, you know, and will attract, will be attracted to that female energy. So the girlfriends will see it. What have you done? What is going on with you? You look so much younger. You look so much happier. You're so much lighter. You're so step back into the feminine, knowing how to do it. So my programs are four months long. Okay. And they go from four months to eight months, depending on stages. I could explain that to you listeners later. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. So, but the four, the first four months is really going from not knowing to knowing, like not knowing that, or your instinct and your DNA and all of that. You know, if you line up with your body, if you line up with your body, it's that simple, right? If your male body's instinct will have you compete, con compete, control, conquer, and control everything. You know, fight, you know, handle stuff, solve problems, push, you know, all of that shit. It's, it's our bodies, it's testosterone, right? That's how, now there's soft men. That's the second thing I teach, right? Different types of men, they're yeah. always the same, but they're three different types. So that's part of the program to recognize the men who in our culture, 30% of men are boys. Okay. 30% of men do not want to fight, conquer, compete, take care of women. They want to play. They want to have sex. They want no responsibilities. They don't want to work. Most of them, they work because they have to. And as soon as they can, they find some ways to hurt themselves or get unemployment mm. or fall down the stairs and be on disability for it. Like they don't do anything men do. Okay. But they look like men. So women who are masculine attract those guys. They think that's men. They're really angry. That's all you hear of. Okay. That's not men. 30% of the men who are not men. Those are boys. How do, right? how do you so, arrive at 30%? This uh, uh, data. data. Actually, Harvard University did a, a study uh, in the early 2000s about, you know, what attracts men. What, like, what, why do you want to commit? What, why do you want to mate or marry a woman? Why? And the same for women. What make, what make you know? What makes you want to uh, commit, or why? Like, made and marry, commit and why? And we found that a third of men, boys, all are looking for <laughs> for status and wait, hold on, I'm blank. Two things: status and like a, like a woman does gets married. She wants status and security. Okay. A third of men want status and security. Those are girls. Okay. Those are boys in my world, right? Okay. And the other two thirds are looking for uh, companionship. Sensual, sexual. They want a woman to be at home, their side, after they're done with doing all the hard work, to be sensual, sensual with, to take care of, to nurture, and all that stuff, and have kids with. Okay. So that's where the data comes from. And then the women, like the women's flip side of that research, prove the exact same thing. One third of women who are masculine want security, want um, sensual, sexual, which is what men want, and two thirds want. Status and um, what's the other one? I just said it. Uh, status, status and, and uh, status security. And security. Yeah. Security, stability. Yeah. Data, Harvard. 
Okay. I, I gotta find that. That's just one, but there's a lot of there's well, there's a lot of data on stuff like this. You know what? It is. Well, and and I'm going to assume that it's kind of like on a spectrum because everybody's going to want all of those things, but maybe it's like how much you're going to want these well, things. Well, not the way it's written, honestly. Like men okay. typically don't look for security. Men okay. will make their own security. They don't look for it. Women okay. look for security. They don't want to make it, right? Oh, I I see. I see. I was you know thinking like so in, these are very well. Like founder, these these again back to nature and instinct, right? Bodies, um, but some are inside out, called uh, ego dystonic. Some women live through the masculine, and they pay they pay a price for this. Okay. Right? And some men are ego dystonic. They're too feminine. They're too soft. They don't want to work. They don't want to take care of anybody. They want women. They expect women to take care of them, right? So they encourage her to be a feminist. You go, girl, and get that promotion and get another job while he's putting the dog on the couch, smoking a joint, <laughs> writing his music. Well, he doesn't want to work. He doesn't do shit, right? And these women kill themselves, but they expect women to work for them. They expect women to make them comfortable. They flip the script. Well, I, I feel like, okay, if what you're saying is true, then we are looking at a gigantic problem that both <laughs> sexes would need to fix. You know, like if I'm a woman and if I'm, I don't know, too hard, too masculine, too aggressive, too competitive, let's say I'm a lawyer. And that's yeah. working great for me at work. And I don't know, I'm making 300000 a year and I'm winning all my cases. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, can I develop some sort of uh, other side to my personality where I can just flip that off at 6 p.m.? Well, this is typically what happens. That's a big challenge because, again, what happens is lifestyle will demand your energy and that defies, defines your life and your happiness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So get this. Women in, you can see, you talk about lawyers, right? Like, women are killing it out there, killing it. The best lawyers, they, 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 they make partners, right? They, they, they pass the bar in the first round, right? Killing it. But get this, get this, more data. Law firms cannot hang on to them past 30. Okay. And why is that? Because they don't want to work 80 hour a week. They're freaking mm. tired, right? As they're burnout, they're miserable, they're anxious. Right, they want to relax. A woman wants to go with the flow much more than be at, at eighty hour a week, sixty hour weeks. They don't want that. They realize they kill themselves. It's easy to do when they're twenty, twenty five, thirty. After thirty, they're like, forget this crap. This is not the rest of my life. I yeah. don't want to talk to fucking Tokyo on you know, four o'clock in the morning on Sunday on Sunday night. You know what I mean? Like, no, you know. But to make partners, you know, the men will do it, and they love it because that. Conquering, fighting, pushing, winning, making money. Men love it. We have the testosterone to sustain it. Women don't have the chemical statute. They're not built for that kind of pressure and stress. It kills them. Okay. We actually, we call that, get this, women living in their masculine to the health, lawyers, brain surgeons, right, CEOs of major companies, we call this, ready? Cancer training for women. Jeez. Okay. Wow. So Cancer training for women. Back to nature, that stuff will kill you. So somehow at 30, they realize it's crap, too stressful, they're not happy, right? They can't date, they have no space, personal life, none of that stuff. And what they usually do is they quit. At the, at the, like the, the law firms are freaking out. You're, my, the, best, you're the best girl I have, the best of all that I know, but I'm not happy. And they usually start dating one of the guys who makes $350,000, who get married and have a couple of kids. That's what lawyers do. Okay. The ones who don't do this, they're still masculine and in some way to say this, I hate to say this, not judging anybody, just my experience, are still not able to be 
some level feminine, vulnerable, and let somebody else be part of their lives, that they keep acting like men, and they go for cancer training. Okay, but by the but age is... of 50, 60, they actually get sick, and their bodies fail, and they die. Well, I, I will admit that I do know any number of women who sort of fit this profile. Um, I'm in the teaching world, and kind of what I've seen in a few cases is uh, these, these girls are grade-A students, and then they go to college, and they become grade-A's. They, they kill it. They, they kill it. Then they They're get the amazing. job, and they do a wonderful job, and then the next thing on their list is they want to get married. So then at yep. 25, 26, they get married, and then pretty soon they have a baby. And then that job, which they love so much and trained so hard for, it, it goes from an A down to an F. Then at that point, yep. they, they just really don't want to do the job. And there's just many, many tears because, well, the baby is with somebody else. And gosh, you know, I had six weeks of maternity leave. And uh, now these meetings seem <sighs> stupid. These emails seem stupid. The boss wants ridiculous things before he, they were cool with what the boss wanted. I, I have seen that a lot. I have seen yep. that a lot. So I guess what I'm wondering is, how does a person, like, let's say I am, you know, a kind of an aggressive female lawyer, and mm -hmm. I've been yep. rewarded my whole life for being argumentative and being yep. on top of things, and I keep getting promotions, and people love this because I win, win, win. How do yep. I turn that off? Your body will do it for you if you don't pay attention. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just warning you. I'm just sending the sounding alarm, right? Okay. You can do this all you want. Yeah. And eventually, eventually, depending on the pace, again, female brain surgeon, 40 years old, they're gone. Yeah. They can't sleep anymore. They can't function anymore. They're still stressed out. Their body will shut down. They get all kinds of diseases, right? Okay. They can't work. They do it. It kills them. They don't have the testosterone to that pace. I remember when I first saw this to my assistant, millennial amazing like those lawyers talking about but she's sick twice a week almost like it's incredible can't she's a young girl she's 27 years old always sick always on her face you know working way too hard she was raised to be productive like a man so she thinks if she's not productive she's useless completely backwards against nothing anyway whatever and she, when i taught her this i'm like you know you get a use your body's failing already 27 years old you know and now i'm seeing women like that age starting to fall apart, not able to sustain that pressure, that tension, that stress, that, that competition. It's like, well, that's not fair. How <laughs> come, like, you know, that's not fair. I'm like, well, blame God. That's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just explaining to you that you're not built for that. You know, women in that kind of pace, you'll get this example. I use that one a lot. You know, Formula One races, right? The cars with the four tires and the engine in the middle, the one guy with a helmet, that's all you see, right? They go like 400 miles an hour all day long, right? That's men in the world. They have the jet fuel to get on the track and fight and push and round for hours and days and months and weeks and years, right? Like, but so that's men, you know, biologically made for that competition, makes that push, makes that, you know, and we, it's, it's, it's tantalizing for us, right? The race is fun. Right? So women join the, join the race. That's great. Go girls. Liberation. Do it. Okay, go. Right? Yeah. So you step, into the, you step into the race or you get into the race with your four-cylinder Toyota Camry. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't have the jet fuel. <laughs> you don't have the engine. You don't have the suspension. You don't have the steering. You don't have the... You don't. It's not my fault. I'm not trying to put anybody down. It's God. 
again, right? The physiology is not made to sustain that kind of racing. So they get around and they do some laps. They play with the guys. They do in the race uh-huh. until the engine blows up. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So if you do whatever you want, I don't find it like tell anybody to do, right? Like you, you do whatever you want. I'm just warning you how nature will bite you in the ass. Okay. Well, My let, sister. Let me... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Now, I was going to give you an example, very personal. This is why I'm such a soapbox about this shit. Okay. My sister, who is in Canada, by the way, I'm Canadian originally, um, it's, it's, it's a, she's a badass that I can't even tell you, right? She, she almost has put together this, I have, there's four boys in the family, my family and my sister, and I think she outdid everybody else to put our money together. Insane. Now, her, her catalyst for this was to prove to my dad that a woman is vulnerable. I mean, I mean, valuable. My dad was a bit of a shamanistic, but she's like, I'm going to show you that a girl's as good as a guy, right? Okay. So off she went with her balls in her hands, you know, a fist in the air with a hammer and just, just went after everything. So to give you an example, my sister, not really quite accurate, but it will give you an idea of the, 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 the size of where she's conquered. My sister... What she did is kind of like a version of bringing AT&T into Canada. Okay. Do you understand wow. what I'm talking about? Yeah, here? that's huge. Same shit, right? Brain okay. surgeon shit, right? Like over the top shit, like crazy shit. And, you know, like making hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars of investment to build that system, right? That's, that's my sister in the financial field, which is the worst stressful, the most cutthroat. You know, somebody smiles at you, but they stab you as you like right, because they're all about money. Anyway. Yep. My sister started basically at four. Let me see. She's 62 now. And she's been, uh-huh. so late 40s. Okay. Late 40s, right? Started experiencing failure in her body. So the first thing was dry eye syndrome. You can't okay. make any tears anymore. So now they have some prescription to how huh? they plug the, the drains in her eyes, whatever. And I remember going, uh oh, start. Because I started going, right? And as I started going, I was learning on this material. Yeah. Okay. It starts. Anything with your eyes, anything with your skin, anything with your hair is nervous system related. Mm. It's called stress. Okay. And things shut down. Okay. So dry eye syndrome, right? And couldn't shake that off. So now she's on medication for this shit. Excuse my French. Can't sleep anymore or can't sleep through the night. That's a big one, right? Women, Dr. John Gray's material. Women have proven they can do everything like a man except sleep. Okay. Right, and when you can't sleep, you can't recover. You can't recover, right? That's the beginning of your body screaming for relief and anxiety relief. Okay, so this is fascinating. Can't sleep through the night. Can't sleep through the night, or sleeps with some kind of sleeping aid, but wakes up just as tired. Right. It's number two. You couldn't sleep anymore. Oh, we couldn't sleep well. It was literally dragging her ass around. Okay. Um, again, more medication to try to boost her up, along with caffeine and all kinds of. Sh- Okay. pushing her body backwards, like even worse, like just trying to make it come back to normal, she's burning out. It's called adrenal, adrenal, adrenal burnout. There's too okay. much adrenaline because a man has testosterone to, to be in the race. Women with the lack of testosterone live off adrenaline, which oh. is a fight and flight squirt. Your adrenaline glands go every time you compete. Squirt, squirt, squirt. Okay. We now know that adrenaline in your bloodstreams for 25, 20, 25 years Burns out all your organs, leading mm. to cancer. Cancer training, I'm talking about. Okay. Right, so, so dry syndrome, it's, you know, she can't sleep, right? Which is why like, you're burning out, sis. 
oh, stop. And then you're burning out. You're going to die. Stop it, right? Then she got um, a cold, cold, a cold symptom. Okay. I'm right, coughing, listless, feeling like shit, headaches, right? Like a cold. You know, I feel terrible. You get a cold for six months. They did all the tests in Canada, right? They did all the tests. There's nothing wrong with her. The blood, the hormones, they did everything. I go, you're burning out, sis. Oh, stop. Like, and I sent her articles, articles, articles. There's a ton of data on this. Just research adrenal, adrenal burnout will explain okay. most women's condition, right? And then what was the last thing? There was one more, I forget now. And then number five, I actually told my mother the year prior. I go, you ready for my sister and your daughter develop cancer next year. You refuse to listen to me. That's, by the way, there was a six-year decline, right? It came okay. on six years. Their body's screaming at her. Stop, 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 stop. We can't do this. We can't sustain this. She's in the race. She refused to get out of the race. She's destroying the engine, right? Right. So but, but I told my why, mother that you... Why that? doesn't she listen? She refused to listen. I mean, she, she was so attached to being productive and a badass and proving everybody that she's valuable that she'd better die to change her mind. I mean, but at the time, she thought that was full of shit. Okay. She went, she went to the doctor. She was so hyper from that adrenaline, right? She's literally, we go out of her mind sometimes, like just hyper out of her mind. Yeah. And the doctor said, I said, check your fucking doctor. Don't, tell, don't take my word. Go to your freaking doctor. Ask, you know, there's a data on this. Now, we know this since the mid-80s. You know, the, the mid so if doctor was a woman, doesn't mean anything, but she said to her, oh my God, that's not... You're just a vivacious woman. I'm like, thank you, Doc. You just killed my sister. <laughs> yeah. Because she blew me away in one comment. Right? Anyway, my point is, when I told my mother, you know, next year, expect her to have some kind of cancer. Typically, breast cancer is a big one for women. Okay. Right? But whatever weakness in your body, that's where it attacks. A year and four months later, my, my sister came down with uh, degenerate uh, lung disease. Oh, no. Now, there's two types of lung disease. One, they can explain for lifestyle, for, you know, genetics, for, like, you know what I mean? And the other one, they have no idea what happened. Guess which one she got? The one where they have no idea. <laughs> they have no idea, right? Because she's a very athletic, right? She's a freak that way. Like, always physical, thin, skinny little thing, 110 pounds, five okay. foot four, right? Never smoked in her life. No way to explain this. And no, so and her lungs literally just dried up in her ribcage. They just dried up like like an old lady, right? Okay. Typically, lung disease happens between like it gets dangerous after five, seven to eight years. It takes a long time for you to get on a respirator or on an organ donor list. You know what I mean? Oh, it takes geez. a long time. It moves very slowly. Okay. She was there in a year and a half. She was three weeks from dying when she got her lung transplant. Oh my god! Holy cow! This is why I'm freaking out about this. Why I'm screaming everywhere. This is what happened, right? When you push your bodies to the point of no limit and you won't listen. So all I'm saying is not everybody's at that level, but yeah. the people at that level burn out much faster, but it happens sooner or later. Mm. How many do, women do you know who have cancer, who can't work anymore, who are on disability, who, you know what I mean? I, I honestly looking, don't know. I don't start, have a count. Start it's, looking around. Start looking around. You'd be surprised. You know, does it feel well? Been feeling bad for three years, you know, and trying to hold it together, try to hold it together, but they don't stop, right? Now, some of them have themselves, they're lonely or, or they don't have partners, so they have no choice, which is where they, you know. Well, so, what ultimately happened with your sister? Double lung transplant, 
cannot work anymore, and she's living by herself in a house in the suburbs. Uh. She can't go out. She can't do anything. She's functioning because she's somebody else's lungs. You know what I mean? But she yeah. cannot. The life that she had is gone, which oh is gosh. what I try to warn her the whole time. She slowed down her lifestyle. You know, she's married twice, three kids. That's all. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I know, but it's, it's, you know, that, it's not, that's worth talking about, right? Yeah. So, but in our culture, we say, you go, girl, badass, don't need no man. They're toxic, they're dangerous, right? You don't need no man to, you know, to be your own and you don't think they're shit. Well, no, no, we're made to come together. We're made to be complimentary. We need each other to be better humans. Okay. We need each other to be happy. There's a lot of data on this too. Research, do your own research. Both men and women, both men and women in life are happier, live longer, they're healthier, they're more productive, they're more, they're, they're more, um, um, inspired for it was you know i mean all the goodies they they live longer when they're in relationship this is what we need to actually be better in life in all these different facets so what what are we fighting this for well i know man we don't know man okay well give that a try this is all my clients right and by the way men are just the same because men men don't even know what to do anymore, right so they throw their hands up in the air and they don't and when women are Unable to address or show up in the feminine, men just play with them. Okay, so so okay. So like, let's say after eight months, somebody's gone through your whole program, and like it's a woman, she's gone through the whole program. How does she show up in the feminine? Uh, You'd have to be one. It's just too good. It's just too good. It's too good. It's an energy, right? It comes from the inside out. Uh-huh. You know, so let me explain to you this way. This kind of nice way. To be masculine is to be in your head. Okay. As males, you know this, we're always in our head. Yeah. It's hard for us to be present. It's hard for us to be hearty. We can have hearty moments, but we don't live there, right? We're always in our head. Okay. To be masculine is to be in your head. Logical, linear, calculated planning. Yeah. That's how we do it. That's for sure. Right? Okay. So again, back to nature. This is how we do it. This is what men do to survive, you know. And, and pick up women to help them do this, right? So to be feminine is to be in your heart, in your body. Okay. So masculine women are in their heads. They don't know they're in their head. They get stuck in their head. So they compete and find it's all up in the head, which means the heart is disconnected, okay. the body is disconnected, which is the part that men are attracted to. Yes. So they're invisible to men. And they think there's something wrong with them. Even though my, by the way, my sister's a beautiful woman, right? Yeah. Same problem, right? Same problem. Beautiful girl, but her presence is creates tension. Mm. The feminine creates warmth. Okay. Feminine is radiant. The feminine is an invitation. The, radiant, the feminine is like sunshine on my face. You know this? Yeah. It's, it's like it's actually hard to describe. It's so powerful. So to tell women that your feminine is useless because there's no power in that. Well, there's no masculine power in that. But it's a way more powerful than your masculine energy. It's what connects everything and everyone and brings life to everything around you. Women are the connectors of the universe and that heart energy is what connects everybody together, right? Yes. Community, sense of community, cooperation, right? Yeah. Connection. That's what, so that's what the feminine is. So my ladies go from living in their heads, being confused, being stressed out. You know, they're always looking for, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. They lose being important. They lose connection with their gut, 
which is the divine radar, mm. a woman has the more neuro neuro um, neurons, neurotransmitters in her stomach than in her head. I, I've so read her, that. Yeah, no, it's actual it's the science. Go back, go, go go to the book. Right again, that's not. I'm not teaching my opinion. It's all science and nature. I teach. So more neurotransmitter in her gut, which means and you know this women are more sensory. Yes, they're more feeling. Yes, but we're not heads thinking. They're in their guts feeling of their feminine. But when a woman's in her head, she stops feeling, and her radar is turned off. She doesn't stop feeling things that come after her, but she can't feel her way through life because a real feminine woman living in her body can tell hmm, something's weird here. Hey, these I, I these I things. I don't like it, right? I don't like it. It feels weird. Does it feel right? I don't think I should be here. I don't think I should do the job. The radar is in your gut. It feels right. It feels wrong. The guy is smiling. I'll give you a ride. Right? Your gut says, don't get in the car. He's like, oh, he's a nice guy, so I don't want to hurt his feelings. You get in the car whenever we'll I see you again. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So w- women know, they have a knowing instinctively in their gut. When a woman's stuck in her head, that radar is disconnected and they're lost. And they, they're edgy, they're wired, you know, they're overwhelmed, and they keep asking questions that they have answers to naturally. Mm. Anyway, and men do the other way around. So we both have both, but women have more connection here. We have more connection here. We have an entire half of chromosome dedicated to intuition as male. When we talk about female intuition, it's wrong. It's female instinct, male intuition. Female instinct, no one feels right and wrong. Okay. Intuition is knowing what's right or wrong. Okay. How many times have you said to a girl, don't like that guy? Okay. Well, what do you mean? He's a nice guy. No, don't like that. I know a douchebag when I see one. I know it. Intuition. There's an intuition. So, well, see, like, things you know, like this make sense to me because I've read, like I said, some evolutionary psychology, and I'm familiar with the results of the big five personality tests taken nationwide. But I also know that a lot of people, when they hear you talk this way, Andre, they're going to say, hey, these are stereotypes. These are cliches. How do you get past, like, I, some people have some really vitriolic objections to what you're saying. I, I feel like these objections are misplaced. But how do you get past people's animus toward it's what you're saying? My, it's not my job. Okay. My job is I teach what works. I teach nature and science. I have the backup for it. If you're, if you're, gonna, if you're wondering why things aren't working and you insist that your way is better, I go, well, I'll, I'll power to you. Right? Call me in 10 years. Okay. <laughs> That's so, great. Nature, nature will come back and bite you in the ass. It just will. So I don't have anything to prove, right? But I'm uh-huh. telling you, I, went, I was on a podcast, I think, about two months ago. And like, I lost, had lost, the girl had like 78,000 listeners, right? So I do exactly what I just did here. A okay. version of that. You know what I mean? And, and the lady, the girl who hosted the podcast, was rather feminist. Okay. And she started saying, you know, this guy's interesting. I don't know if I agree with him or not, but this role, right? Ladies, you make up your mind because I think a lot of what he's saying resonates with me, but I'm not sure that he's fully right. But it just, it just, he laid it out, right? Yep. I did, I did my thing. And within <laughs> moments, the avalanche of shit. Right, yeah, on her on her blah blah on her post, right? The comments of the women who think I'm trying to put him down for some reason. I'm not, I'm a lover of women, I'm a lover of humanity, I'm trying to help everybody. So, I it's not my agenda to weaken women, I'm just teaching what works. Like, anyway, so I got all the ones who thought I was trying to just you know 
minimize them and take them back to the 50s. I've never said that. But what's funny is, and I'll do this with your clients, I, I, I offered a, I give them a gift. If you're curious about what I'm talking about, call me. Right? Yeah. And they filled, they filled up my calendar five weeks straight. Whoa. Every hour of every day, I almost died. <laughs> These are okay. the women who are like, oh, shit, I, they're resonated, right? They're sort of still feminine enough somehow or just they, because, again, nature, like you can't fight with it. You know what I mean? So it resonated. So the, the ones who don't get it and all the ones who got it, okay. the ones who got it come after me and say, please teach me this. I am not. I, I, I've done what my mother said. My culture said. My teacher said. My girlfriend says, you know, and I'm miserable. I don't want that. I want what you got. I want what you're offering. I want to hear that feminine masculine. I want to hear nature. I want to, because that's not what they teach them, right? So, as I said, I don't, I don't, you can disagree with me. It's fine. But the, the, the ones who want the life that they want, whatever that is, if it's relationship, that's what I teach. Okay. Hey, we've spent a lot of time talking about the women. Let's talk yeah. about the guy here. Yeah. You know, let's, yeah. let's do that. Because you mentioned, okay, we got the boys, then we've got the men, and I think there was a third category, but I don't remember what it's that three. was. It's but boys, guys, men. Okay, so then I definitely want to know how do we take the boys up to men? Some people would say what we really need is masculine initiation rituals. That a lot of societies have these, we don't. So we yep. just sort of like let boys stumble around. Nobody gives them yep. any instructions. Um, and then they wind up in a bad spot. They're 35 years old and I don't know, playing with, you know, figurines from star Wars and not that there's anything wrong with that, but you but, know, right. But what else are they doing? Right. Exactly. So in my world is boys, guys, and men. Okay. Excuse me. Um, and boys are basically men who never had typically, typically been over babied by the mother. And okay. no male role, role model. Okay. So they actually raise like girls. They raise to be sweet and sensitive and kind and loving and go with the flow and be comfortable. Okay. And by the time they get to 13 years old, the formative years, if, they, if that's their lives, they have no role models father to teach them how to be an appropriate male. Appropriate means, you know, appropriate everything, right? Like the idea of men and men are toxic because they're forceful or controlling. You know, there's an appropriate way to use power and control, right? Like there's, there's, there's a Right? There's a way to do this. That's what men teach young men to not be toxic and over the top. Right? So young men need male role models to teach them how to be good men. Okay. Period. Yes. If they're raised without that, they typically embrace whatever's around them, which if they're raised in a, I mean, how many clients do I have? Males. Um, they have uh, mom, grandma, and aunt raising them. Okay. They're screwed. Yeah. Okay. They're completely screwed. What, what do you do? They, Sign them up for a jujitsu? Anything. Absolutely anything with mentorship, mentorship of some kind with male. Okay. But again, what happens, the problem is after 13 years old, right in the formative years, after like early puberty, right? If they don't get that handle, which they do, they don't even know they need to handle that, right? They're the young kids. And the women don't put them in places where they can be mentored by males, appropriate good males, and all kinds of mentorship, right? to be chess, I don't care, but somebody to talk to them, guide them, show them appropriate masculinity, show them how to compete, go after their fears. Okay. That's how you create, build your character, right? Like yeah. men have to prove something in the world to be respected by both men and women. 
you have to do something. Okay. You have to prove something. You have to conquer something, right? So, like, they need that sort of role model and encouragement, you know. It's got to be external. The guy's got to, like, actually do something. External. Yeah. They got to demonstrate. And, yeah, I want to be like this guy. Yeah. I want to be like this guy, right? That's the role model. I want to be a businessman like him. I want to be a sports figure like him. Like, whatever. They need. Right. This is why boys love superheroes. It's the ultimate power. Yeah, that they they dream of, they 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 long for. Yeah, so that's all. That's all they need. They need somebody to help them, talk to them, explain to them, say no, that's inappropriate. You know, yeah, you know, grab grab your stuff and go for it. You're afraid, do it anyway. Okay, you want to do it? More reason to do it. So that's how you build their they build the characters and the confidence, and that's how they actually these are guys who can take care of women and children. Okay, so and, more right, more self-disciplined, uh, tougher, you know, and. This takes a wide variety of forms. It could be the athlete, but it could also be the guy taking the calculus class. That's what I'm saying. Anybody around this circle, they need male male presence and somebody they to admire and live up for or live up to on some level. What what if they right? even if it's what, just even if it's just somebody's confidence, right? I want to be confident like him. So let's find out what he did. Okay. So where would where would you go? Because in some cases, uh, somebody might feel that none of the masculine, none of the adults around them are masculine enough. Mm-hmm. What what if what if a guy felt that way? If he's looking around and he's thinking, uh, you know, there's a bunch of thirty nine year old boys here, and somehow yeah. they're kind of in charge. Uh, what do you do in a situation like that? Boys are not in charge of anything, so <laughs> it's rather, rather <laughs> easy to just do it. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't. They're so passive, there's nothing about them to admire. Okay. Young boys do not admire boys. Okay. You know what I mean? Un- unless they're stuck in the boys' system already and they think I want to be just like him because he's playing around with women, he gets laid all he wants, he never has to pay for anything, he doesn't work, he's using the system. That could be a role model, that's a terrible role model. Okay. But as a rule, young boys, it's funny because it happens to me, I go to the gym every day and I have build my life and know who I am, confident in what I teach, like I said, try to corner me, not going to work. Right? So I, I kind of handle my stuff and I hold myself and there's a presence to me just because of this. You know, you, you would not believe how many young men are buzzing around me at the gym all day long. Interesting. Buzzing around me. Hey, hey, how are you doing? Hi, I like your hair. Like, so how do you train this? How do you get the bicep to go like this? Right? Like, they just like, they're kind of fascinated. They're attracted by that whatever... Whatever confidence that I do, okay, seemingly eighty feet across the room, and they like jump and cut. So it started, you know. I just started. I just joined joined this new gym less than a year ago, um, and it started with like they come at me like it was obvious. It's funny because you have to change the environment, or I did for me to really get watch that happen around me on a different level because it's it's changed again. Um, and it started with like shaking hands. Now they hug me. Okay. They hug me, young twenty-year-old guys. Hey, Dre, <laughs> and they hang in there, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, right? So because they, they're they picking up that. advice from you. They're picking up, I guess, maybe approval from you. And and something about me that seems to be like this guy's got something. This guy's confident. I drive a pretty fancy car, like so. They see me pull up a little bit, and like, huh? Okay, you look like this, and you drive that. Wait, how does that work? So what do you do, right? And it starts there. I do militia coach. What? Right? And then, and advice about training, about the advice about nutrition. It's just, but like they, they, they can tell that I have something. And I think it's, the vibe is confident. I know why. 
Okay. Most young men don't know who they are. They have no confidence because they haven't done anything. So, okay. Energy. Well, let me ask you this. I think every Please. trait in life comes with an opposite, but it also comes with a counterfeit. You know, so confidence is a good trait. Cowardice is the opposite. I yep. think the counterfeit is arrogant. Right. Absolutely. You know, so I, I would love Absolutely. to hear you discourse on we want young people, young men to be confident but we don't want them to be arrogant. Right. So how do you help people achieve that? Well, it's funny because hey, that's a great question. Hey, Thank you. Like, you get the host of the year award for that one. <laughs> Seriously, because you know this, right? Yeah. People who are confident don't tell you they're confident. They don't have to put it in your face. They don't have to prove it to you. You don't have to bring it up. They don't, they don't throw it in your face because they own it, right? People that have money don't put gold ribs on their cars. <laughs> right. They don't, right? They they have regular cars. Yeah. Right? Like so when you own something for real, you don't have to throw it out anybody's face. So anybody arrogant to me is a huge sign that you really don't know who you are. You have mm. no confidence. Right. Okay. You have no confidence. So, so if I come up to you is saying, you know, all that's interesting, but like really, how small do you feel inside? You know? Yeah. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Either right? putting a, a face forward the way they want to be seen, but they, I know that's not who they are because otherwise they would insist okay. on that. You know what I mean? You know what Bragging so, is a very bad sign. Bragging is a sign of arrogance. No confidence. No okay. confidence, right? They're trying to make themselves better than they are. Bragging, showing off, right? Like fake swag, talking about chicks that they're getting. I'm like, you're not getting it. Really? Like, you know, you're trying to impress me with this stuff. You know, a guy who's, a guy who's got swag He's just got swag. He doesn't talk about this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you own it, it's in place. It's just nothing to, sh to, there's no reason to push that in anybody's faces, right? Okay. And so, that's to me, that's where we start. So, you know, when you're trying to prove to me that you're all that, I go, wow, so how badly do you feel inside? Okay. What's supposed to mean, man? I'm like, well, you know. Okay. <laughs> if you owned it, then I have, you know, I have a men's group and we actually, this is what we do. We, we call each other out for the bullshit that we do, and sometimes a fake front or a fake whatever, and we call each other out. Like, you know, okay. you, just lie, you just lie to me. Let, let me give what you another flip side on this then. Uh, if bragging is bad, and it is, well, then I think false humility is equally bad. So when you see somebody engaging in false humility, how do you pull them out of that? Because that's kind of an ingrained habit with a lot of people. I, I guess everything we're talking about is an ingrained habit. Right. It comes from childhood belief systems, you know, the way you were raised, religion, parents, moral modeling, right? Like value systems. So all of that, people, people got to think about this one second. You know, we're born and we have built-in temperament. Right, like with natural temperament, right. we just are a right. certain way. Right? I tend just to buy into like Myers Briggs and you know ENFP yeah. and ISTJ. I tend to buy into that. I think that that's helpful. That that that's explains a little bit people's different style, style and temperament. We're that's born right. a certain temperament. It just we just are. Get the light for me, please. Yep, working on it. Sorry <laughs> about so, that. Yeah. I have to be smart about it. I have to wave <laughs> your hands to keep the lights on. Okay. But, Keep going. Yeah, so, so we born with contentment. There is, you know, there is um, extroverted, is introverted. There, you know, it's all. Yes, of course, you know this. People right. are born with contentment with a couple, like a few different 
things that they're they at the core are born with it, right? So yeah. that's one. That's interesting. So that's the base. But then we 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 show up in a family that we don't pick. People think we pick our families, maybe, but for the sake of talking, like let's say that we just like like for me, I I feel like I was born in the wrong family. Okay. I always have. Okay. Right? Because I can't get along with them. <laughs> they don't have any value system that works for me. You know, their religious belief is over the top, right? But it took me years to realize that my point is that when I was born, they started pushing on their values on me. Yeah. What's right and wrong in the world on me, right? I'm born French Canadian, so I speak French. That's not my freaking fault, right? right? I was born in Montreal in a snowbank. I don't belong there, <laughs> right? My point is all the things that I experienced just happened to me. So I come up with a temperament, and then also I end up in this family, good or bad. That yep. sort of pushed all their system, their value, everything on me, plus my school, plus my church, uh, plus my neighbors, plus yep. the neighborhood and the culture around me. Right. Right. We've got and some then, genetics, some environment, but then yep. free will is the third factor that enters it, into the picture. Right. And that comes later for most of us, right? It's by the time we become young adults that we go, wait a second, do I believe in this shit? Because we buy it all up because they sell it to us, right? Yeah. So that's what to dismantle. And figure out who we are. Right? And, but if you have injuries, right? If you've been abused, neglected, or 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 what's the other one? Neglect, abuse, or <sighs> what's the third one? I know. I Gosh, do every day. I don't know. I mean, because those abuse, are both kind neglect, of extreme. On a, abandonment issues. Okay. Right. Abandonment issues are just as bad as sexual abuse. I mean, there's no you can't calibrate these things. Right. Like the, there's different levels of, of neglect, abuse, and abandonment. That's true. But everybody, nobody goes out of childhood unscathed, right? We all, right. those things kind of twist and form our personality, good or bad. So women tend to be a lot more, what's the word you said earlier? Not diplomatic? Diplomatic. The word you said earlier, it wasn't diplomatic. It was men are arrogant, women are more. Uh, I guess false humility. Yeah, false humility. Like, okay, right? She's dying inside, right? Because yeah. she learned that her needs are not necessary, that her needs aren't important, that needs to get neglected, right? Everybody's got that crap, right? It's right. to which level and how much does it affect your life? And have you ever really thought, you know, I find some people completely blind to, is it really where you think? Where's that come from? Well, my mom, ah, now you want to rethink that? Because maybe your mom was wrong. Right. Un- unexamined, so. unexamined ideas. A lot of people get stuck there, and they. This is how you get racism, stupid people, right? Unreasonable, like, you know, it's like just like kind of like small-minded. I call it. You yeah. know what I mean, like just never, like just bought everything that was around them and right. blames the world for the stuff and their shortcomings. Eh, no, it's you. And there's the people who raise you who somehow probably believe the same thing, and you're too stupid to like sort of kind of see it differently. What if it's their shit? Anyway, so right, 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 right. No, I, I think so, it's good for everybody because even if you're raised in an idyllic situation with wonderful parents and a good belief system, it's still healthy. I think to go back and question these things to me, question que- everything. Yeah, to me, question does not mean reject. Question means no. yes, no, or maybe. Investigate. Is yeah. that really who I am? Is, do I believe in? Does I? Does I? Do I? Why am I? You know, why do I think this is right? Wait a second. Is it? Let me look into it, right? Like, that's typically what would happen in, like, late teens, young adults, that we start questioning everything. And this is why you see teenagers do what they do. They're like, you know, you guys are insane. I don't believe in any of this. And if you have the rebel in the family, watch, watch, flip it on. You know what I've really noticed, and, and I'd really like to get your thought on this, mm-hmm. is that 
okay, I feel that a lot of people either kind of go exactly the way their parents went or they go the polar opposite. And so like if your daddy was a firefighter, you're either going to grow up to be a fireman or an arsonist, you know, (laughs) like, you know, and it's hard for people to come up with a third idea, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's mom and dad, then there's the opposite. But what's what's my third idea? I feel like a lot of people don't have a third idea. So they try the first thing. Then when that doesn't work, they try the opposite. Then when that doesn't work, they go back to the first thing. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would and love your, this is just a pet theory of mine. I don't have any proof. I just want okay. your take on it. Got it. So for me, it's two different things, right? This birth order that changes the, the interaction with family. Now, it's so huge. We'd have to do a whole podcast on this. Honestly, yes. To, to feel the onion. Birth order is incredible and explains everything within the family system really quick. One of the first things I do with my clients do, which one are you? How many, how many kids? Are your parents together or divorced? How many kids? Which one are you? Crack. That's what we start. Okay. Because it explains so much because it's another survival thing, by the way, that you all know about. Okay. You know what I mean? So as a rule, the first kid, boy or girl, is typically raised to be masculine. Yep. That's a lot of my women. It's not their fault. Oh, you're firstborn. There you go. Right? So Yeah, again, ambitious, but, focused. Well, raised to be you know, to be productive, to be a good student, to be a good, you know, so even if it's a girl who raised a girl to be productive and there's a price to pay because she thinks that's how she needs to get gets to be loved, just to be productive to get love. All my clients. Okay. Right? Makes them masculine. It's not good for long term. Too much. Yeah, it needs to be calibrated. Anyway, so that happens. That happens. So if the first one is always the good one, the productive one, the go-getter, the good kid, uh-huh. boy or girl, right? Now there's a little flex in this depending on gender and something to look into. And the second one comes out for the sake of surviving. The family system goes mom and dad. You know, typically role model after one or the other. Yeah, another thing. Well, so if the firstborn boy or girl, right? Is the goody two shoe and role models after mom, but not dad? They pick it up like this. Number two comes out going, "I'm not doing any of that." Yep. Become the rebel. That's the and opposite. Role model after the other parent, or if both parents are kind of linear, which is the everybody are, will go. This is the one that goes 180. The other, the other way. The one follows mom and dad. The other one goes, "Forget all this shit," right? <laughs> because they need that attention to survive the system. Yeah. It's all about attention. Yeah. If I'm a goody two shoe, I'll be ignored. They won't. They, they won't notice. So it's about attention. Number three is called the weirdo, or the, <laughs> natural, uh, the weirdo of the artist. Okay. Guess which one I am. Uh, you're number three. Yeah, but I'm number four. But my sister's in the middle, so I, by by default, I'd be be four. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm the weirdo artist, right? Again, it, it changes depending of gender, depending. So, so my sis, my sister was born after my two brothers, right? Okay. And my sister became the little angel to my mom. Okay. So, like, so when I looked at this dynamic as a baby, right? Goody two shoe, rebel from hell, uh-huh. princess, princess, ugh, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't, we don't know why that happens, but it's always the same thing. Interesting. With a little shift. With a little shift. Okay. Number four, let's say they're all the same gender. Yeah. Goody two shoe, um, rebel, weirdo artist. Ne'er do well. Oh. And independent. 
independent. Doesn't independent. Doesn't 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 fit in the system. Doesn't play the system. Stays outside the system. You know, it's funny because my wife has five older brothers. Yeah. Buy the freaking book. It's funny. It's funny that I get to live this experience. Buy the book. These five monkeys, huh. all the year apart. My sister, my my wife's number is six. Okay. Buy the book. The good one. He's so good. The second one will almost killed himself. Oh being boy. A rebel. Rebel. The third one. The third one. Wait, where's Perry? But he was just here. Family reunion. Where's Perry? Oh, he's on the roof of the telescope. Perry's on the roof of the fucking telescope, of course. <laughs> and he didn't tell anybody, but he's got a couple of kids with him, right? Okay. <laughs> Number four, you know, uh, life is difficult. Never do well. Everything's complicated. They need everyone's attention or the struggles to life. They just have it hard with everything. Okay. Everything. That's how they get attention. Okay. And number five. is <laughs> <laughs> the weirdo. Independent. The weirdo. Indi- no, okay. number, number, number five is the independent. Five the is the independent. Disconnects from the whole thing. Right? This is all stupid. Okay. <laughs> Forget this shit. And by then, typically, the parents are so tired that the, 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 the rules are loose. They get away with all kinds of, you know, different behavior. The first one, second, third, didn't get away with. But in my, my wife's family, I watch, and I watch all this happens every time. It's hysterical. Right? And number five, uh, Mickey. Wait. Where's Mickey at? What? He was just here. Wait, hold on. Is he, is he downstairs? No, he's not. Far's gone. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Like, so anyway. do you, you feel like this, uh, this, okay, it goes by gender. So if you have 10 kids, yeah. you know, and I don't know, five boys, five girls, but, yep. you know, intermixed, like maybe it's boy, girl, 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 boy, yep. boy. Does it kind of just follow? It, it follows loosely because sometimes the weirdo, like, had a client, like, um, like sometimes sister number one, brother number two becomes number three. Okay. Right? And she'll be both a combination of like because he's a rebel, but he's not really a rebel against his sister because he has nothing to be rebelled like a woman for. Yeah. So he's a, he's a soft, you know, they they usually have more they're not rebel as much as they have different interests. Just being a male will will do that. So number three girl will actually kind of bounce off number one girl. So she'll oh. become more rebellious. With sometimes a twist of weird Okay, <laughs> you got you got a you got a book or something like that that outlines all oh this. God. I I have document. It's something I learned years ago. It's a, a huge document that was an ebook, I think, or a version of that that was not a book book uh, that I'd have to trade and find out. But you probably can research this. Actually, I and I, I actually did a few weeks ago. A few, a few weeks ago, I researched what I used, and it was not. I didn't find anything that good. They talk about middle children more, and they so that that it was a lot of birth order. The first one, middle child, last one, but no extension because the way the way I learned it by the time so so for my wife's family, all the guys right by the book, she becomes number six at the end. She became the princess. Okay, right. So she's <laughs> my my wife's a unicorn, right? Like in her family, she's the one they all <laughs> take care of. Like she's a princess. So never been abused, never been treated badly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's fantastic. But if, so if you had like all same gender, yep. Right. After number five, number six, there's enough. There's enough time between number one, and number six, that it goes back to one. Okay, it starts over. Two, three, four. Right. But okay. And, and if you got boys and girls, you got to flex a little bit and if you research and study them. You'll you'll see the rebel okay. mixed with this and the the ne'er do well mixed with that. <laughs> And okay. The independence, make, you know, 
I want to have a selfish moment here, and I want you to kind of tell me then where I fit in. So I got two parents who have been married since 1965, and it's a happy marriage. It's been got good. It. Uh, let's see. I've an older brother. I'm the second in the family. And uh, right. then I've got a younger sister. She's five years younger. So right. my older brother is, uh, I guess, fairly introverted. He's an accountant. And uh, ever since I've been 16, I've kind of been more in the public. You know, I went out for plays. <laughs> extroverted? Yeah, a little bit more extroverted. If you do the Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENFP, but not a terribly yeah. strong E. Got it. Kind of 50-50. Yep. On the E versus so, I. All I'm going to say, like, you feel it back. You know your brother better than me, Yeah. right? So whatever he chose that was important that he liked, uh, right, you went the opposite. I did. I did. That's very it. much. That, he did. That's the rebel. You don't sport. have to be a rebel, like, you know, killing yourself and hanging from the chandelier. Kind right. of thing. It's just whatever the first one is, you have to be exact opposite for you to get attention. You know, and, and we are, like, if you do the Myers-Briggs letters, we're basically, like, polar opposite on all those type of things. And he was kind of like the athletic and sporty, and so I became, like, the straight-A nerd, you know, yep. just reading books <laughs> all the time. He was a smart guy, but in various classes, if he made a C or a C plus, that was perfectly fine. Even if he had yep. the instructor, one time his chemistry instructor just creamed him out and said, you ought to be making the top grade in this class. And my brother was making a C and he just big shrug, you know, and whatever, didn't, yeah. didn't bother him. Now, and and I, I would have chased that A. I would have crawled across broken glass to get that A. That, that was the identity for your parents. Yeah. So whatever he is, he's the opposite. Yep. That means like, thank you for proving my point. Right? It's really that simple. Yeah. You know, people people think rebel, rebel like you know maniacs and drug dealers. No, no. Just whatever the first one is, same gender. The other one is. I mean, have women who are like, and it's funny. Get this. It even shifts sometimes later on in life. Like so, the first daughter is like, because sometimes the first one could be rebellious. Yeah. And this could be just a prayer, but it happens. So the first, the second one will turn good when the first one is like. One doesn't believe in religion. The second one's like, that's just crude mom. She doesn't believe in God, right? So, and become really religious and right. not fond with the value of the parent supporting. It's crazy. And it's so, seems so simplistic, but it's fascinating because it explains people's entire lives. I just, my clients on a, on an open call, like the first, like I call it exploratory call, you know, and if I'm trying to find out a woman is masculine, why she's masculine and she thinks there's something wrong with her, we'll go right there. Start with a family, birth order, you know, boom, and then explain her personality for the sibling in front or behind them, you know, who would they role model after mom or dad, because we always pick one. Typically, even with family system that's very strong and similar. Yeah. It's flexes again, right? You can't, you know, you're, you're, you, you're just, you know, you <laughs> often by both, incredible, abandoned by dad and scared by mom. Mm. It's a masculine woman. Wow. You can't grow into a feminine. You can't. So a little girl who doesn't feel safe because mom's scary and dad is never present doesn't feel safe. You know, we talked, this reminds me what you're saying. We talked earlier about how boys can seek out a strong masculine role model, whether that's the, you know, the guy who teaches or excuse me, coaches football or whether that's the guy who like this chess club. What about girls who want to have that strong feminine role model? but maybe it's not available like you were just saying. What do they do? Yeah. Ah, it's, 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 ah. it's very, very difficult because 
what happens is in order to grow into your feminine, you have to feel safe. Yeah. And a five, six, seven, eight-year-old little girl who doesn't have a father, you know, sort of protective energy around her doesn't mm-hmm. feel safe in the world regardless. Okay. And she can then cannot develop her feminine. So they all become, on some level, badasses, strong, independent, powerful. They have to protect themselves. They build for themselves. Right? And, they become, they, and they can't access their femininity. So the only way that that works, really, if, if we're going to go for the perfect scenario, is dad has to be a strong presence that makes her feel safe and mm. the mother safe. Because when there's safety in the house, the women relax. And when the women relax, they get out of their heads, become feminine. Okay. And now mom can be, can be a good natural feminine role model for her daughter. That's the only way it can happen. Okay. Otherwise, she'll struggle the rest of her life. So if dad is dangerous, let's say alcoholic, not present, whatever, right? She doesn't feel safe with dad, whether he's missing or just bad. What happens is mom goes into her head into mama bear, which is masculine. So she has abandonment issues or not feeling safe with dad, and mom also isn't safe anymore because she's too masculine. There's no role modeling of femininity for her. Okay. So this is how we destroy family systems on some level, right? Like So, you know, single women have that effect on their daughters. You know what I mean? Single motherhood has the effect on that. And then on the boys, again, they raise them to be feminized. They don't have role models. They can't step up. They can't conquer. They can't fight. They get, and they become... I mean, mm. this... They're both injuries from childhood, and they're typically circumstantial. Nobody means to fuck up. Right. Right? Nobody's pissed up, or things happen, life happens, I get it. But, man, is it important. You know what I mean? So that's what I do. Like, so the women who understand there's nothing wrong with them, is that's what happened in childhood. There's nothing wrong with you. You wouldn't believe, like, <gasps> the relief, because they actually believe there's something wrong with them. Because they're, you know, okay. in the same family, the firstborn often who's a girl who's masculine can't get a relationship can't get men to date her as a sister who's married with two kids already okay i want to the wanna, second one got to be feminine i really want to ask on this whole idea of like people being broken because i think a lot of people do think they're broken but i think what i'm hearing you say is that if people can if the guy can get like a masculine role model and if the woman can basically relax into her femininity, then mm-hmm. we're actually not broken. We, we, we actually, it's, it's there. It's inside of us. It just needs to be drawn out of us. Yes, that's, what I, that's the work that I do, right? So when you understand what happened, and that's why you stuck, and that's why you're only half of a person, really, because you're neglecting, because we both have both. Okay. Right? So there's an appropriate mix of that. But if you're ego-dystonic as a woman, you live you know, an energy of a male, too masculine, and a man, too much feminine energy, you're egodystonic. Life is going to be difficult. You're going to struggle. You're going to go to nature. It's going to cost you ev- almost everything. It's very, 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 very difficult. You know what I mean? So yeah. How do, you create, how do you create healthy bonds from that? You can't. You know what I mean? For most. Or you create horrible bonds, and you, you know, you do drama and horrible relationships, and, right, pull, pull and tug and pull and tug and trying to force people into... Anyway, my point is, nothing wrong with you. It, genetically, it's in you. It's just been neglected, right? We got to keep it in check and re-nurture the side of you that's been neglected by broken something and stuff. We just got to re-nurture it back to life. Yeah, it's, and it's all there. the habits and the tools that I teach. It's in there. It's so in when there. I tell a woman there's nothing wrong with you, 
right? You just, you neglect, your feminine never got to develop. So you got your balls out and you live for your balls and protect yourself and defend yourself, fight, conquer, but now you're burning out, you're lonely, you're scared, your future is the rest of your life, you know, and this when they come at me like anxious because they see the rest of their lives being that plus more loneliness, more, right? Like and they freak out and, and so I make like, no, no, it's easy to fix. It's very easy to fix. Okay. We just got to recalibrate you. So okay. it takes a little time. I feel like you've done a very clear job of explaining, I guess, what women shouldn't do and then what they should do. And then same thing for guys. Can you elaborate a little bit on yeah. what should women be looking for in a guy? What should a guy be looking for in a woman just so that people, you know, they can point themselves in the right direction? Right. It doesn't quite work that way because okay. it, it, because your temperament and your childhood is running the show, not you. Do you understand that, right? Yeah, like yeah, The whole yeah, idea yeah. that we only use 10% of our brains because 10% of us is awake, 90% is subconscious. Right. I mean, this sounds like Jungian psychology that, you know, it you is. got the ego and you got the shadow and the shadow is actually the real personality and it's in control. That's it. So you could want whatever you want, right? But if you're subconscious, is is made believes that you suck, you know, people are dangerous, you have to protect yourself from men or women, you you're never gonna be good enough, you don't belong here, that's fine, right? You you you're you know, you never amount to anything, no one's gonna ever love you. You're on your own, like whatever it is, the beliefs that we picked up and again we don't remember those things, right? You're five, six, seven years old when you made those decisions. Okay. It becomes imprinted on your nervous system, imprinted on your subconscious, and that's what's driving. Yep. And you, you can want a good wish all you want. You can want all you want. But if you keep this, when you find yourself in a loop, whether it's financial or relationship, health, health, same thing, right? People will destroy their health in the name of whatever, right? When you find yourself in a loop, it's you. And it's only you here is your subconscious. It's your, so that has to be cleaned up. So okay. I can't say to anybody, well, you know, look for this at a woman because it's going to work because if you're damaged, and your belief system is women or whatever, bad thing that you, you think about women or men are dangerous or men are toxic, that men will take advantage of you. I can put you in a room full of great guys and one douchebag. Uh-huh. And we know the, 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 the reptilian brain as a radar. And I can leave you in a room full of great guys. Go, go, find a good guys. All good guys here. And you're going to go, I'm going to find you an hour later talking to douchebag. Okay. So then how because do people... You're programming. You're programming has not been replaced. How, how do we change that programming then? If, if that's 90% of our brain, you know, it's the unconscious. We don't even know what's in it. How do right. we change that program? Get some help. Okay. Right. I do it. A lot of people do it. I do uh, NLP work, you know, uh-huh. linguistic programming. Yeah. Right. Communication stuff. You have to desensitize the thing you believe are right. So there's a habit and daily habit. Watch, watch your thinking. You know, if you say, you know, there's no good man out there. Your subconscious goes, and there you go. You'll never find, you'll never, you know what I mean? Like, okay. like what you believe, what you say to yourself becomes what you believe and it becomes your, your destiny. Like you're done. You know, women are all crazy. Consciousness goes, there you go. And I could, I could put you in the presence of my, my wife, who's a, the loveliest thing in the world, and you'll discard her because she doesn't fit the belief. So that's the problem, right? So you yes. have to un- when you watch yourself, creating the same results, whatever big areas of life, it's you, baby. So get some help. There's a lot of ways to do this. Okay. Okay. And now. It's pretty simple. It's called doing your work. Do your work. 
Do the work. Okay. Okay. Stop cleaned up. Okay. Okay. Just that. Um, it's normal. It's not your fault. Okay. It's normal. Uh, can I ask questions about commitment? What makes a man commit? What makes a woman commit? Well, again, back to nature and instinct, right? Like when I talk nature, a lot of it is instinctual stuff that we think we're outgrew. We're so arrogant. We think we're like educated, evolved, and civilized, and instinct is something from cavemen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it still is. with us. It's, it's with us most of the time. Yeah. It figures us all the time and sometimes confuses us that we don't realize our instinct talking, leading, driving, subconsciously. Right. Yeah, so, I've, I've heard that that the rational part of our brain, what cerebral cortex, is at most like a hundred thousand years old, and mm-hmm. the rest of the brain is at least two million years old. Yeah, so and a half, depending on when you start. You know what I mean? Like it's it's unbelievable. And so that is when the show much much more than you think your consciousness that you think that you that's own. right. You don't own nothing. We would love Mostly. to be rational, but good luck. Yeah, we. The problem is we think we are. Yes, and and we find ourselves. And people go, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Like, you know what I mean? I know what I want, but I always get this result. Well, you know, it's yeah. not you. It's, uh, anyway, it's so, the back of the brain. That, those are the signs, right? People always, you know, people always like, well, how do you know, you know, how do you know if you're in charge of your life? You know, or how do you know? I go, look around you. If, if your life is where you made it, right? For your belief system that's back there from when you were a kid. Is it, does it look like you want it to be? Yeah. And if it no. is not, then get some help. Step in. Step in. You know what I mean? But if it is, because some people actually manage to have good families, good parents, be able to create good, healthy bonds with other human beings who can create good marriages and good relationships with their children, who grow up to be good parents themselves, who then can have relationships that are healthy and have kids that are blah, right? The same <laughs> chain, that's the same chain of when it's working, it works well because it's generational and it fits one into the other. Yep. It's the ones that are messed up, that had bad parenting or all kinds of, you know, that kind of get stuck. And those are the ones that are suffering. It's, yeah. Okay. It, okay. You know. So, gosh, we've covered so much. We um, went off, didn't we? We went off. <laughs> no, it's been great. It's been absolutely great. And I would absolutely love to do this, like, again at some we point. Could, there's 600 topics for us to talk about, at least. Okay. Well, it's analyzed me so that if we do this again, analyze me, give me one or two more that you would like to go with. Oh my goodness. So uh, the way, again, instinct for men and women have us behave completely in opposition and we like to make each other wrong for it. Okay. Problem number one, right? What motivates a woman does not motivate a man. Okay. The reason why a man gets up in the morning, I promise you, is different than the reason why a woman gets up in the morning. The way we talk is completely different. Okay. What we listen is completely different. Sounds okay. insane, right? Like, like I'm looking at you. Yeah. Right. I speak English. You understand uh-huh. the words I'm saying. Yeah. Right. You and I communicate, you know, in, in a way that we understand. Right. But women listen and talk to us differently, and vice versa. So men and women talk differently, listen differently, but different things for different reasons. Like, and that's why we miscommunicate. And you know, ah, oh, damn, insane. that'll be good. Why? Well, that's I hope, huge, right? Yeah. Huge. And by the way, only 7% of our communication is a word. Right. Everything else is posture, gesture, facial expression, grunting, you know, <laughs> noise. Yep. Right? Caveman. Yep. Again, by the way, we started talking. This is um, evolution. We started, we added language to our caveman being only 44,000 years ago. Yep. 
right? So imagine two and a half million years of evolution. Yeah, lots of. So on the on the lifeline of evolution, right? We start talking ten minutes ago. Right. This is why we use it the worst. Not how most people communicate. It doesn't matter what you say, your face, your right. energy, your fa- your expressions, your gestures, your posture. You know, so really, I I I think you're an amazing person. I really love you. Right. Right. Yeah, as you sit there with your arms crossed against yeah. me. Yeah. No, you don't. Right? No, you don't. Right. These are just so subliminal. We don't know. So like, communication style, men and women, really different. Right? What my self-doubt okay. that I have as a male and her self-doubt. Whoop, whoop. So not even understanding that is actually in my world where it destroys everything. We don't understand things that make We'll come off for mm. each. Wow. We don't know that. So we constantly hurt their feelings. We don't know why. We don't know how. Right? And you like end up saying shit like, Well, I can't tell you anything. You're too sensitive, man. Like, you know, how many times have you heard a guy say this? Right? Yeah. I can't tell you anything. You're too sensitive, man. Why you take this personally? That's nothing to do with you, right? So might as well shoot it in the face. Right. Because well, Cause, they're gonna take everything personally. I know. Why? That's yeah. a very good reason. There's another one, right? Yeah. So so well, we from, I can answer time. that one from the evolutionary point of view. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> we talk about it then. Okay. But I, okay. you know, so why do you think everything personally is one thing, but for a woman, what was she saying? Um, ah, 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 I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Hold like, on, hold on. Okay. We were just saying it before. Like why women take everything personally. That's one. That's one, but like, you know, her self-doubt, well, we heard through feelings all the time, we don't know it. Yeah. And we don't know what happened, and we think they're crazy. We'll say it out loud sometimes, and they want to kill us for that. Because they, <laughs> they start feeling they're crazy, because you keep telling them they're crazy. Because a lot of times, those defaults mechanisms make them feel crazy. They don't, they don't want to hear, right? So, we, anyway. So, and then they, not knowing anything about this, okay. are constantly disrespecting us. Which brings out the worst in us. And they have no idea they're doing it. And it confused mm. the hell out of them. Just like when we heard their feelings, like, I don't understand. I thought I was giving compliments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you anything. You always take it the wrong way, but not understanding our self-doubt. It's huge. Huge. We should do just so huge. Do a, do a whole it's podcast like, on self-doubt is what we need to do. Enormous. So. It's enormous. I mean, that, that's one of the things. And when you understand that, you can't fully get it. But when you get it, oh, God. That explains everything on both sides, right? Oh, that you okay. see the eyes go up and, and I had women crying. How many times did I do this? And I had no idea I was doing it to him. No wonder he was angry. No wonder he left. No wonder he got in the car. No wonder he's like, you know, you don't freaking get me and I'm sick of this shit. And, you know, and she falls in a puddle at the door because she had no idea what just happened. Yeah. Just then a woman that wouldn't do anything. Wow. Vice versa, right? Anyway, so. Good okay. Show. So, Woo! uh, Final summation. Uh, give sure. us final summation and then let people know how to get a hold of you. And also have a gift for you listeners if you want. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's what yeah. we want. Final summation is what you don't know that's dangerous, period. If you want a healthy relationship with a woman, man, go find out what makes them sick. Okay. Why they take everything personally. Why, why they say stuff like, you know, I just need so very little. Why can you give me what I need? Because as men, we quantify everything. So, so little means I stupid. I don't get it. We talk. Okay, so what we don't know will wreck us. Yes. 
Okay. So if you're a man, go find out how women really work at their base, their instinct, what they're looking for, why they do what they do, why they talk so much. There's a bunch of reasons. It's all out there. That's right. And if you're a man, if you want a relationship for the a healthy wish for the woman, go into man world and find out what motivates men, why they do what they do, why the fuck the stuff you don't understand, you need to understand because it's not that they're crazy or shallow, disconnected and you know, selfish. They operate in a caveman way instinctively for a reason. Now, That's when right. you both kind of get a sense of that, right? I call it across the bridge to man world, cross the bridge to women world. You can actually get on the bridge and meet in the middle. Okay. And maybe start dancing. Practice, right? Look behind me. Look behind me. My wife and I both dance. Oh, wow. That's I cool. Know. That's a yeah. beautiful painting of a man and a woman dancing. Right. So that's when you get on the bridge and start practicing this. Right? There's no equality in this, by the way. It's very complimentary. What she does is not what I do. That's true. That doesn't mean that she's passive. She's not at all passive, I promise you. She's very active. She's doing everything I'm doing backwards in a long dress and high heels. Yes. Not passive. But she's vulnerable to my leadership. She lets me because that's how she gets to have an adventure without controlling anything, which makes her feel feminine. Okay. So you watch ballroom dancers. He's in charge. He, can, he, he leads the, 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 the dance. He vol- voluntarily and willfully, willfully, happily, you know, let's go control so she could enjoy herself, radiate as a woman, you know, and actually have a really good time not controlling anything, which is flowy feminine. You know? It's good for her. It's good for me. I'm in charge. I like it. She let's go. She likes it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the metaphors of relationship is what I'm teaching. The metaphors are amazing. A little looser in relationship than this is very, you know, one or the other. In relationship, there's a lot more sweet spots and give and take in negotiation. But the metaphors here are fantastic. This takes practice. Yes. To be a good dancer. Yes. Yes. To be a good dancer. To be be a, yeah, because I'm pointing at a picture. You don't have audio, right, visual? Yes. So dancing, to learn to ballroom dance with somebody takes practice. In the beginning, you step with each other's toes. You know, I know this because I've been there. You know, if she decides she's going to try to help me or I'm not enough, good, not strong, uh, strong enough lead, I get the elbow to the face or the knee to the groin. <laughs> it's my fault or her fault. I depending who is like, if I'm too soft, she'll stiffen up. Yep. She's stiffen up. I get hurt, right? If she's not vulnerable or if, and if I overdrive her, because I can't, I also can hurt her. That's a sweet spot again, right? That, yeah. That, that dance dynamic, right? That's relationship. You have to learn that. By the way, it takes years to make a bold couple look beautifully and effortlessly gliding. I think right? dance that's is the suggest. perfect that's it's metaphor, the perfect yeah. metaphor because it is dynamic. And I think uh, sometimes people would like for things to be static. They would like for things to be very, very simple. But mm-hmm. dance is advanced. I mean, aspects are static, you know, in the sense that we have a leader, we have a follow, and we have certain moves that we do. That's the static portion. But all the life that's inside of it is what's dynamic. Seriously, you have two entities coming together to create a whole new entity called a dance. People yeah. get mesmerized watching ballroom dancers. It's beautiful. But you know how much training went into that? Years and years. Right. So people like, you know, like get into relationships and they think it should work. They should know how to, not, knowing nothing. Knowing that's nothing. right. That's don't right. Don't know men, don't know women. How do you get, get on the dance floor? But the, the first step is to go to class. That's right. Then you get a partner. Ah. Okay, I just went off, didn't I? Okay, that was beautiful. Yeah, let's let's get to how do people get a hold of you and what's right. the gift for the listeners? So you have 
you know, I have all the links because we email each other. So I have all the links for my Instagram and my and my website and you know my Facebook and I have a free Facebook and I have paying Facebook and all this stuff where I post all the time. But if anybody resonated at all with anything I said, you don't have to. It's okay if you don't. Don't call me names. I'm really on your side, whether you know it or not, right? Yep. But if you resonate and you want to know more, you, I I if you go to www andregrouppoaching.com. It's easy to remember. andregrouppoaching.com. Okay. My team, put a, uh, we build a landing page for my calendar. It takes this to my calendar. Now, there's different time slots. Just pick an hour VIP exploratory call. There's one for men, one for women. There's a short questionnaire to help me sort of find out what you're looking for, right? And I'll send you a Zoom link, and we'll have a one-on-one call. Just like this is Perfect. about... What's not working in your life? The loop that you might realize that you're in, that you don't know how to get out of. So we go to that part. I'll go into your ancestry, figure out what happened, that there's nothing wrong with you. You're brought to past. From this place, now we go into the past. We get to the, now we're here. What's the future? What's the dream? What's the goal? What, what do you want? Husband and kids? A wife and kids? Interesting. Easy, right? Yeah. And then, they, then we talk about what that looks like. And then there's different ways to work with me. If you want to work with me, call me in large, <laughs> large, whatever. Okay. And, you know, and so then the opportunity to do the work, that's what I'm up to do the work. But that call alone, whether we work together or not, will explain Everything. so much. I think it's worth it. I'm really good at it. So 15 minutes for that. Well, I highly recommend people give you a call. I mean, this has just been fantastic. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Um, you definitely know your stuff. You're highly articulate and you're funny and uh, you just express yourself in a great, great way, Andre. So this has just Thank been you. a joy. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate your questions. I do a lot of these and it typically surround always, I kind of typically say the same thing, but you went there sideways and that had me having to go back into my bank of knowledge. Uh, but it was, thank you. It was, it was really, really fun. Awesome. Let's do it again. Awesome, Let's man. Do it again. I really do hope that we will do this again. Yeah. Stay in touch. You know what I mean? Like, and we'll just make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you take care. And uh, yeah, hope to see you again soon. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seemingly Ordinary. One of the biggest favors you could do for me would be for you to share this episode far and wide. Until next week.